Hi, you're listening to The Whole Podcast with Becky Alcantar. And this season, we're talking about marriage. Do you remember your marriage vows? Every ceremony went something like this. I take you to be my lawfully wedded spouse, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death do us part. According to God's holy ordinance, I pledge thee my faith. And each episode, we'll be breaking down each portion of those vows with our guests. And today we're talking about Till Death Do Us Part. Our guests today are Brian and Nancy Grusey. Introduce yourself, guys. Good morning. Hi. Afternoon. Hello. <laughs> Whenever it is that what you're watching. Is Hi, it? everyone. <laughs> uh, tell us about yourself. How long have you been married? Um, what's your family look like? Well, we've been married for almost 17, 17 years. Woo! I looked at him like, am I going to say it right? Because yeah. for a long time, I was like, 10 years, 10 years, 10 years. And I like rounded up from eight to 10 and then rounded down to 10 when it was 12. Right. So anyway, we're coming up on 17 years together. Uh, I yeah. love that you hit the milestone and just got mm-hmm. stuck there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so proud. There you go. Um, and then we have, we have three kids at home. Uh, let's see if I get ages right yes, now. Let's see. Uh, 13, mm. 9, and six. Yes. Okay. Uh, so three kids at home and uh, yeah, 17 years in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's been fun. New milestones and new challenges around every corner. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yes, stop. Daily. <laughs> it doesn't. It makes it an adventure though, doesn't it? Does. it? Yeah. 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 It's a good time. Now, I think most of our audience likes to hear, how was it that you found each other and how did you know that this was the one for you? I'll let you start with that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You're perfect. curious, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm very curious. <laughs> I'll, mm. I'll start. Um, so we, uh, let's see, we we kind of both grew up uh, going to youth group and, and church and knowing each other. Um, we moved uh, from Green Bay to Stevens Point uh, separately, Nancy to go to school, me just to go he to a job. Me. I'm she, pretty she likes convinced. to tell people that I, I followed her. He's like, it had nothing to do with yeah. you. <laughs> Which I mean, I'll, I'll nod just... my head and say that. That's fine. Okay, good. Yes, that, that works. And, um, you know, we, we were just friends for the longest time. And I think one of the things that, that jumps out to me is a lot of our friends kept, kept saying, you guys argue like a married couple. <laughs> You fight like a married couple. And and I didn't take that as like you fight and you argue, but more of like a, you know what to push each other's mm. buttons. You know how That's to good. egg each other on. Mm-hmm. You know how to like encourage each other. You know how to like just have a good time together. Yeah. And I think after long enough, we kind of realized, <laughs> hey, you're you're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think we can be more than friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, started dating, got engaged, married. 17 years later. Yeah. And that whole process, <laughs> like, so we were friends from probably the time I was, what, 15? Sure. Uh, in youth group. And you're two years older yeah. than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the friendship was years, not like a year. It was, you know, five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then once we decided we were going to try to be more than friends, then it was like six months and we're like, okay, let's get married. Yeah. You know, there was no, like, what are we waiting for? Sure. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's it, it wasn't, a, it was, I don't know, let's officially date for a couple months mm-hmm. then got engaged six months later, got married. Yeah. Yeah. But we were spending all of our time together. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah. we were having conversations for five years via, uh, 
you know, AOL we're old. So AOL. Messenger. <laughs> I can hear yeah. the dial oh tone. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting oh, at my so computer, you know, giant computer. This was before. <laughs> I mean, that makes me feel old because that's what it was. But it was phone calls and, you know, instant messenger and, yeah. you know, things, doing yeah. doing life together really for years before, mm-hmm. before we're like, Let's just make this official. Yeah, be, before and it just kind of clicked and, and yeah. made sense. Yeah. Yeah. You turned mm-hmm. to each other one day and said, Hey, I yeah. like that. Hey, yeah. hey you're yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> nice to meet you. I think yeah. I want to keep you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think uh, the basis of any good marriage is a good friendship in that you develop that trust and that foundation um, and that knowing of each other that brings you to the point in marriage mm-hmm. that, you know, helps you through the challenges then that you find in marriage. Because even though we are great friends, we weren't in each other's space 24-7. And we hadn't made like this lifelong commitment to one another that now starts to challenge all parts of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like what did I commit to? But also um, what is it in me that now there's an expectation? Um, You know, we talk about the 2% as friends. Maybe you knew 95% of that mm-hmm. because you had a long-standing friendship. And yet there's still what remains that we find in each other when we do enter this unique relationship mm-hmm. called marriage. There's no other no other relationship there's like not. it that right. requires a vulnerability and an intimacy um, and a, a revealing, right? I just, I think of Genesis 2 uh, and they were naked and unashamed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, facing the things in you that may be shameful or may be like weaknesses within yeah. are those things that we always have to think about. So today, um, I, I'm, I just want to thank you both for being here because oh. <laughs> I, you know, I reached out to them and I said, hey, the topic is till death do you part. You want to talk? <laughs> and that can be a really intimidating uh, conversation, um, especially when you know in your story there are hard things. And uh, honestly, the phrase until death do us part means that when it comes to our marriage, uh, death will be the only thing that will separate the couple for their entire lives. And that's a big commitment, but not one that we see a lot of couples seen through. Um, But it's not only the death of a spouse that is a challenge to our togetherness, also the experience of death in our families or our family unit or of a dream or a hope or expectation that we had um, together or for each other that sometimes does we don't see come to fruition or we have this disappointment, this devastation that now what are we going to do with that? So um, when other losses and deaths that we experience um, threaten to you know, shake our foundation. What is it that brings us together? Where is it? At what point? When do you choose? Um, we are going to go to the end of, you know, the line, the thing that we promised each other, or we are going to let this death in our experience um, tear us apart. And so, uh, you know, and the last thing I'll say before, they're eager to we're jump both. in. I, I love it. They're like, it's so I, I want to go first. We're going to say, the funniest part is that we're going to say the exact same thing and we didn't talk about it. So you finish and well, then we'll see what we say. Okay. Well, and so to the point of, you know, uh, hard things make marriage hard. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. simply said, uh, and there's a statistic that is staggering that says 80% of marriages um, end in divorce following a loss. And specifically, this statistic is uh, the loss of a child, which is why we have um, Nancy and Brian here today because they uh, very much experienced that. So share with us your story uh, and so we can jump Mm -hmm. in. 
<laughs> oh, now, now I'm going to yeah, point no. to you. Why, well, don't you. why don't you go? <laughs> so one of the other things, just before we get to the, to the baby loss portion, um, I think one of the things that rings in my head, like on a continuous basis, and I'm looking at Brian because I feel like it's going to be the same thing that he's thinking. Um, when he proposed, uh, we worked together and he sat down in front of me and said, uh, well, when he proposed, part of what he said was no divorce. He said, it's it's not an option. It's not on the table. We're not going to say the word. It's not even like a thing. Like don't mm-hmm. even think that it's a thing, you know? And that rings true, not daily, because that wouldn't be a good thing if that was <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, we that's not an option. <laughs> <laughs> but, so not, guess, but, it's, but it's something that like, because that was a foundational piece of we're going to, we're going to go into this. Mm-hmm. It was the till death do us part right. from the beginning. Right. Like yeah. that was from the start. So yeah. as things challenged us through our marriage, mm-hmm. I think we both just have this understanding of that's not an option. Yeah, I find it interesting that the vow itself <laughs> says till death do us part. And right. for some reason, um, cognitively, we don't all capture that that's what that means. Like yeah. it translates to... <laughs> you know, Divorce is not an option in that uh, we have sometimes to repeat the vows that we made to each Mm -hmm. other in the process of our marriage. So when you said, you know, we don't say it every day, but I'll admit that there were some days we had to say it every day because we were going through a hard season. And so when it it really got tense, we had to say, okay, we're figuring this out because divorce is not an option, even Mm -hmm. though right now, like you could step and I'd be okay. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) divorce is not an option. So I need a timeout. Excuse me, right? And so, you know, there's different seasons of our lives that I think, you know, like you said, like it's important for us to clarify what do these vows mean? Have we dived into them and understood what we're committing ourselves to and then how that translates practically? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, because in in the moment when I said that, we're, we're not going to talk about divorce. Mm-hmm. That word is not going to be uttered in our house. I, I, I probably meant it in one way in that moment. Sure. Mm-hmm. But through the course of the last 17 years, I mean, I think all of us listening right now, when you hear the word divorce, you think of somebody, mm. a friend, a family member. So, you know, it, it, it that word doesn't disappear from like our vocabulary right. as like a people. Right. Mm-hmm. So now it's been more of a, okay, we see people that have gone through, let's call it death, right? Yeah. Let, yeah. let Let's... We, we've seen that happen. Let's not invite that into our house and let's like figure out a different route and a different alternative mm-hmm. to get through something uh, that is, quote, like death, yes. right? I mean, and, and, and the other thing when, when we first brought up this topic was of, you know, till death do us part, my brain went a completely different direction. Yeah. My, mm-hmm. my brain went, okay, the death of, I was using it almost like as a metaphor of like death of jobs or yes. death of a pet or yeah. death of my van just died. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was thinking of it as what are all of these little obstacles that as a married couple, absolutely, that really throw a wrench in it that you have to figure out a way to overcome and to deal with together right. because there is no way out 
right. short of death. Right. Right. So that that's how I that's originally so looked yes. at, mm-hmm. at coming into this conversation. But yeah, yeah I mean, there, so there's absolutely. much bigger. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's the about. accumulation of these tiny deaths, right? right. Yeah. That we find that we have a different way of approaching, that our grieving styles are different, or mm-hmm. maybe grief is not even on our vocabulary. We didn't have any, lo- like, any losses. Mm-hmm. I for sure meet young couples who they just, they've never experienced a loss or a disappointment. Yeah. And now you get married. And yeah. that is like the playground of loss and yeah. disappointment. Yeah. Um, not that it's all horrible, but there are so many things that we grow into as adults, right? Especially mm-hmm. when you get married young, there's so much life you haven't yet lived and you don't have the experience of how do I approach these things? And so to ask those questions early is important because sometimes then we do face um, big losses that really shake our foundation. So talk about that. Yeah, so we were married for six years, you know, and it's funny because it's been 10 years since we lost our daughter, but looking back and looking at what that timeline looks like, um, you know, in the moment, I didn't think, oh, we're married for six years, but we had been married for six years. And yeah, your babies yeah, in your marriage. Yeah, we were. And we had a three-year-old, and we're pregnant um, with our second child. And at our 16-week gender ultrasound, um, we found out that she had a skeletal dysplasia, so a deformity that wouldn't allow her to live. And so from 16 weeks until 34 weeks, we had an appointment every single week to make sure that her heart was still beating mm-hmm. um, because we did want to deliver her alive Um we didn't want to deliver after she had passed. And so we were monitored pretty closely um, through that process to make sure that we would um, be able to have her alive. And she was born at 34 weeks. She had a heartbeat for about an hour and then passed away. Um, I think that during that process, the, the would it be 16 weeks? From 16 to 34 weeks, mm-hmm. um, every single appointment, mm-hmm. Brian sat in the corner. My mom came to every appointment to take notes. And um, (laughs) Brian sat next to me as we had these, you know, pretty pretty doom and gloom um, appointments, just confirming what they had seen, you know, each week. Um, And every single appointment, Brian said, how's Nancy? Mm. But how's Nancy? Mm. But how, how, is she going to be okay? Mm -hmm. And I hated that. (laughs) <laughs> because the only thing I cared about was the baby. Yeah. But if I wouldn't have had that, looking back now, I would it wouldn't have gone the way that it did. And knowing now how he felt then makes me feel totally different now. Does that make sense? I feel like I just kind of went in like a couple different circles there. I love complete circles. (laughs) I love the coming back around. You know, and then your mom mom sat back and... uh, Took notes the entire yeah. time. Yeah. So yeah. all of these, I mean, if you ask me right now what we talked about, I I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Sorry. I just remember that. But your Brian mom was, took all these yeah. notes and, and we can look back and go, oh, okay. Like, yeah. boy, there was a lot of content that went on yeah. throughout that, but that, that was never top of mind. Yeah. And even my memories now of those appointments. Yeah. isn't about what you're saying. You know, it's not about like the medical chart of mm-hmm. what that was saying. It was that Brian was literally by my side at every single, you were there for every single appointment. Wow. Um, and always asking about how I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so I think that that's, you know, coming back to the 
characteristics of, of something that I cling to in who Brian is, is that, is right. like putting me first and as like selfish as that sounds, but he's not a selfish person. So he's always um, looking to what's going to make me a better person and filling me up with those things. And I think even in those appointments and stuff, realizing that like I was the concern, you know, it wasn't about the baby. So we did um, lose her after about an hour. This was in 2011. Um, And that was one of our first big challenges, I guess. I mean, everybody handles grief differently. And I think that that was the beginning of what really made us feel like we're in it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like it it felt a little fairy tale-ish until then. Mm. I think those first six years, at least now looking back, was like, we got a house and we got a dog and we got a car and we had a baby and we moved from Stevens Point to Green Bay and... And then we had Layla, and I and I think that things just shifted. It's kind of like point. the uh, BC and AD. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a, just a different yeah. season yeah. of a relationship in that you had this shared experience. That even though there are people around you who shared, your mom was right there. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it wasn't the same experience, mm-hmm. and that can either bring you closer together, mm-hmm. or that can really make you push apart. And so tell me about the days after. So I I love this like retrospective and I appreciate all these things now, but I know that when we're in the trenches of experiencing and feeling Mm -hmm. and trying to move on and trying to get back to building a life when you just experience this devastating crumble that you had no authority or a control over, you know, how, how did that affect then how you proceeded in a stage two of your marriage. Mm-hmm. So let, let's quickly just touch on experience because I, I think one of the things that's forgotten or at least not fully acknowledged is as a man and a husband, mm. I have zero connection mm. to childbirth or caring a child or or mm-hmm. having a child sure. until that child is born. Right. Now there's connection between Nancy and sure. I. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's the the let's say connection between oh you're carrying our child. Right. Right. But there's no fit. I mean Nancy has carried all of our children yes. from the <laughs> very moment. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And so I had 34 weeks of, of yeah. fully yeah. experiencing experience. being the caretaker yeah. and having the experience. Mm-hmm. So when that stops and 34 weeks is over and we get to hold Layla and take care of her for the hour or two. And then she's gone. Right. Nancy's had 34 weeks. Mm. I've had an hour. Mm. I mean, it. <laughs> it's so much to like unpack right. for me that right. um, I spent my time caring for Nancy. Wow. Nancy spent her time caring for <laughs> Layla. Yeah. And now we're back to real life 
taking care of our oldest daughter. Sure. And each other. So yeah. wow. it 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 made it made for a hard transition, I think. Um <clears throat> maybe not so much on the external, but more like internal. Like mm-hmm. in my head and in my heart. Yeah. For years it, it was difficult to really fully understand <clears throat> Nancy yeah. and understand myself right. in, in a way. I love that you're yeah. bringing this up because I think we need to understand, you know, just because you're a married couple, you live together, you're one in your commitment to each other, your experiences are from a different angle, a different light. Mm-hmm. And so whereas you... We're facing this reality and experiencing these things. I can see how there was a lot that was unfinished for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And this expectation of, well, the event is done and now we move on with the grief in the regular life. You had these open threads of, but, right? Right. I still need to process. I'm still hanging on to the sliver of time that I had and I'm not ready to grieve and let go and move on yet. I need a little more time. Right. And my focus was taking care of Nancy. So now moving forward. Right. Nancy's going through all sorts of stuff. Right. And I'm I'm here wanting to help take care, but I have, like, I can't uh, relate. Right. You can't yeah. even metabolize what has just happened because it was so quick. Right. Yeah, for you. Yeah. It's interesting that you say this. I love I love you in here, Brian. Because um, <laughs> often, um, you know, often our husbands can uh, try to fill the role of the knight in shining armor where you want to care and protect and tend to um, the wife. And whatever that meant for you, you, Nancy, in your grief and the processing and healing from this experience you just had, um, he would have prolonged his entering into uh, his own grief to keep doing what he had been doing and caring for you. Mm -hmm. And so if that meant that three years or five years later that he had a sense that you had healed from this, Mm -hmm. that's when his brain and heart would have told him, and it's okay now for me to start grieving this mm-hmm. because now you're well. Yeah. And I don't know that oh. we always consider that in the stories and that we think that we're going through this together. And I and I honestly think this is one of the points, you know, what are the contributing factors to marital stress uh, when you face um, a loss in your marriage? And, and the first thing is the difference in grieving styles, but the difference in grieving timeline because yeah. of the vow we've made to each other, right? To care for each other and take care of each other and richer or poorer. And so there's this bit of a, a seesaw that we do in our marriage, which is great if we remember that it's a seesaw. And so mm-hmm. uh, once me, the wife, I'm done going through this and I'm like, what's your problem? Why are you still lingering <laughs> in this? It's not that he's lingering. And, and for sure, Ruben and I, my husband, we, we've experienced that as well, where I've been like, what's up with you, bro? Like, we're, we're through this. It's been a while. And and then realizing, wait a second, like he, he, his psyche has told him it is safe enough now for him to actually experience and go through this because I am well enough now um, to encourage and support um, that I'm in a good place now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's actually something that I had in my notes too. It's something that I had to realize. Well, a couple things. Um, going through the experience and in those moments and days after, um, we had 
we had like exactly the right people surrounding us in that season that we needed. We had people telling us like, I mean, I specifically remember Ross saying, you're going to perceive this differently than Nancy is. And you need to acknowledge that you're two different people and you need to go through this together. But we also had friends who had children with cancer who were going through that trauma and they were saying, you know, marriages don't last when you go through this. And they struggled through separation and things. And and even seeing those things and just having this awareness of like, we're in it and we're going through this and we have to be intentional about um, the effort that we're putting into like making this work, I think made such a big difference in those days after. I mean, even to the point of my family, your family, like being there for us to give me space when I needed space, but to be with me when he needed space right. too. Like I wasn't left alone. So Brian could do what Brian needed to do and things like that. And I think um, just knowing that we had the right people in those in those seasons, but to what you were saying about knowing that Brian had the opportunity to be able to heal once I, once I felt healed um, or part partly healed right. or well in the enough. process. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was one of my biggest struggles is wanting to fix and say, well, do it like this and you should do it. Why haven't you thought about this and change your perspective? Right. And it's fine if you yeah. just... Because you've had some resolution. So you're trying yeah, to be helpful I, and provide some right, <laughs> resources. I'm, I'm helping you. This is helpful. Like, let me tell you how to do this. Uh-huh. And right. that's not how it works. And uh, like to humbly say that's not that long ago that I realized that. Like, yeah. like this was in 2011 and we're in 2022. So, I mean, it was maybe a couple years. That, I mean, it's been a process, but really thanks right. to Journey to Wholeness, 29, summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. And, and after that has been like this slow progression, I think for both of us, yeah. realizing um, I wanted to fix Brian and I wanted him to do everything that I was doing. Yeah. And I can't do that. And Brian doesn't have to be fixed, right. you know, but I need to, f- well. I need to, he- <laughs> <laughs> I need to heal what I can heal for me right. and what God can heal in me right. and through me before doing anything else. And right? and, and by you doing better. that has also encouraged me to do better and start fixing things on my own, right. you know, and, and. But to it, let go of the, con- for me, it was letting, letting go of the control of thinking that I can do right. something about it. Right. See, and the thing, the thing about both of us is we both care about people. Mm. Yes, we care about each other first, mm-hmm. but like that, that's kind of where our heart is for the both of us is we care about people. I well, cared, about, I cared about Nancy. About Nan- doing like, I want what's best for him and he wants what's best for me. And so we'll <laughs> and then like- neither of us do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's this big it's tug of war. Uh, I'm helping yeah, you, but yeah. you're helping me. But yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things. But then we and, don't take care of ourselves. Right. Because we're always we're always uh, wanting to better support the other person. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, that's and like one point, of like the base, basic tenets of journey of wholeness, right? Yeah. Is that like we are responsible for ourselves, that we yeah. weren't made to carry the burden of another person. And the temptation to do that in a marriage where you feel like you have to accommodate or do all the things to make someone else better. Um, in the oneness, we're still individual people who are responsible for ourselves to continue that growth and process of moving closer to Jesus. And in the process, mm-hmm. we get better, right? And so are we always going to be at the same pace? No, and, and with my hands right now, 
now I'm making this yeah. triangle with God <laughs> at the top and the two, right? And so as we move toward the tip of that, um, we may not always be at the same pace, but like we heal together in that we're both making efforts to heal, to get whole, to pursue Jesus and all the things that he has for us Um at the same time, mm-hmm. right? And so I, it's not my job to jump over to the other line and start doing that work for you. Why? Mm-hmm. I'm not made for that. Like, that's why God sent his son <laughs> mm-hmm. to rescue and save us because we are not saviors. And yet, um, that's mm-hmm. it's very good to know about yourselves. Am I someone who wants to fix things for others? And where is that in my story? Mm-hmm. Because absolutely in moments like this, that is where I am going to go to um, because I'm trying to resolve something. Am I uncomfortable um, with sadness and grief and lament? Um, am I um, uncomfortable? Have I had like experiences of like um, bitterness or anger or despair that whenever I see that happening now, I'm like really eager to like get rid of it because it presents some kind of threat or danger to how I see our lives together. And can we get comfortable (laughs) with actually allowing space for someone to live and process their grief? Um, Can I contain that? Can I provide some safety for that? That, you know, while you're going through that, I am right here, um, that, that I have no expectation for you other than this will resolve itself when it is time to mm-hmm. resolve itself. Yeah, not by my doing. Yeah, not by my <laughs> right. doing and not on my timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes we will say things like, you know, oh, I'll never get over this grief or I'll never get over this loss. And no, of course, there will be um, a sadness and a remembrance of the loss we experienced. But can I remember it today without feeling the full gamut of the emotions that I felt on the first day? Because grief still should bring us to some resolution. And so where are you today in that? Um, I I know like, you know, some of the things that that they talk about, you know, may happen um, in the process of healing is that, you know, uh, we feel like a loss in control. And so we're looking at what was the cause and the circumstances, what can we do better? And we can either like make improvements or we can start to point fingers like Adam and Eve did in the garden and start blaming each other. Well, you know, Maybe it was this or blaming ourselves if I would have done this better or that better. And then another thing that we can see is like this displaced anger. Like we, instead of clinging together, we start pushing apart um, because it reminds us of the event. And so now we're feeling angry and resentful and bitter toward each other versus toward the situation. So tell me a little bit about, you know, some of that that you definitely had to fight uh, against, um, especially when you hear people saying, well, Marriages don't make it through mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Do you have something that you want to share? Otherwise, though, no. Go ahead. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, here, here's the thing. I, I think originally, for me, and I'm speaking for me, which is, boy, it was difficult. It was hard, and it seemed that, man, we we talked about it all the time. <laughs> Now, all the time might have been once a month or once every six months. And in my head, I'm thinking, boy, it's all the time that we're reminiscing or, or having conversations about right. things. Right. And and over time, I think I kind of went through a process of, of healing, if you will, and, and understanding myself better to where on her first birthday, we celebrated like it would have been a birthday. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of year two, year three, year four, year five, year like <laughs> things 
now our now now we spend it going out to dinner as a family on and her it's birthday. Like a great- and Tradition. it's a it's a wonderful time, and and we all, as a family, all five of us, look forward to it. Right. So there there's a process of going through like the suck in the beginning, yeah, and yes. the oh okay now now I understand how this should yeah. be. But can I add something? Because yes. like hearing you say what you just did mm-hmm. is really interesting, um, because I think you know we focus on Layla. And like what that trauma looked like and what her death and grief and all of that. But I think recognizing that that happened in 2011, um, the healing isn't just like done because it's been 10 years. So I feel a little bit sometimes like it's still like it's a scar. Right. And it's still there and like you can see it, but it's not open. Right. But there are things that come up that feel the same way as losing her. And I think that um, as much as we look at it as a death, which even just saying that is just, I don't, I had a whole blog post about it because I'm like, I don't want to say that she's dead, but it just feels so cold. Right. Um, But looking, yeah, but looking at that as a death is something that's interesting because I feel like looking at it as a loss um, and having those losses continue in life, like, not her loss, but a job loss or a friendship loss or we did have a miscarriage two years ago. Mm. Um, so even that, like that brings up all of the emotions again and all oh. of the grief process again. And so I feel like recognizing like you, what you just said, I don't know if you heard you say it. Like, I feel like we talk about it all the time. Right. He said that just now in regards to what it was like to grieve after Layla, but that's something that we've actually said about what it's like to grieve and go through the loss of my my job change or right. a friendship change. Right. Where Brian's perspective is we talk about it all the time, but right. isn't it like me or a female to like, I need to talk about it. That's how I yeah. that's how I'm getting through it. That's how I process my thoughts, is that I I talk about it. But then Brian's perspective is different in seeing how that is. And so it's just interesting to see how even though we're healing from the loss of Layla, Mm -hmm. so many different things trigger us or like bring up those emotions again. And we kind of go back to it so quickly, like as a couple. Mm -hmm. where and And I think to what your original question was of like pushing pushing away from each other in those moments— um, I do, I can see how that would be easy right. to do um, because we do process it so differently and right. and I think differently than Brian does and Brian's a guy anyway, so it's a little bit more like black <laughs> and white <laughs> and there's so much attached to it for me. Um, yeah. And so it's interesting to see how even though the the, the quote unquote like big loss or big trauma or big death was in 2011. There's little things that we still need to navigate through in recognizing what that looks like. So for me, what that looks like is being really patient. Yeah. And not feeling like I need to get my hands in there and like change things or tell him how to behave right. or act or think or feel. Yeah. Can we tolerate our 
partner's grieving yeah. style. And just allow what they need. Yeah. And just allow the space. And if that means that I don't talk about it every night, then I need to I need to figure that out for me mm. so that he can process it the way he needs to process it. Right. Yeah. And so it's just been because the thing that brought that up was that you're like, we talk about it all the time. I'm like, yeah, we do. Yeah. That's because I have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you make a good point in that um, how our brains operate is that whenever we experience a loss, your brain offers up information and goes, is it this again? Mm-hmm. And so this right. is how we went through this before and this is how it felt. And so it connects it. But there's also something very redemptive about that in that each time we experience a loss, a change, a transition, mm-hmm. a tragedy, that our brain goes, oh, are we going to deal with this hurt? That Like, here's what remains from this. Are we going to like go, are we going to like trim off a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, God is gracious and kind and he made us able to put away what we need to and just face and deal with what we can today, yeah. right? He he doesn't give us more than we can handle. And that was um, our, our biggest loss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was life changing. From before and all the way till now, mm-hmm. there's nothing that compares to that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think whether we've talked about it or not, I think deep inside, we both realized that, boy, we could withstand that. Right. <laughs> We can withstand, you know, air quotes, death of anything else as long as we do it together. Right. Yeah. So So jobs, vehicles, relationships, friendship. This growing opportunity Mm -hmm. to like not just take another bite of this big loss that we had to face and and we get to heal that, but we get to also now grow and mature in how we face every single mm-hmm. loss or change that we're faced with. And so it may feel like, oh gosh, you talk about it all the time. And and yet, like, yeah, you could like crack it open, bust it wide and let it all hang out there. And yet you had another child and you had your careers and you had yeah. your home and you had a growing family because you had two more kids yes. after that. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, um, you know, I, I love talking about the Jewish practice of Shiva and like, mm-hmm. let's take the seven days and just like hunker down and like feel it all right. But we don't always have <laughs> the convenience of like, oh, excuse me, I'm going to leave my job for the next uh, month so that yeah. I can actually feel all these things Um and, you know, where do I leave, you know, the, our three-year-old who's at home? Mm-hmm. And so how do we do that? But we do that in this process, which is why, you know, if you've experienced a loss to our audience there and you've experienced like a life-changing event in your marriage where there was a death of some kind, I would recommend that you do Journey to Wholeness or something of the like in that have you taken pockets of time where you can release more of this so that it doesn't become a 10, 20 lifetime process that you're still feeling the same hurt uh, in the same way that you did on the first day. Again, it's a process, but there should be a lessening of that process. There should be after the mourning and the lamenting and the tears and the hurt, joy and dancing and celebration and memories. And we should be able to have these conversations without feeling the pain of them or trying to push um, away from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think what was key in for you both was that one, you had a great, great friendship <laughs> coming in, right? You had had conversation. A strong foundation. A strong foundation of caring for one another so that you can continue to care even when it got difficult and even when it became um, challenging. 
Uh, and then the open lines of communication is what I'm hearing in that we just have to keep talking about it and we still talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like having a support system, critical. <laughs> like, do you have a family around you? Do you have a church family around you? Do you have coworkers who want to love on you? I think sometimes we, um, not sometimes, I know often, we will isolate in those moments because really who else experienced what you did? Mm-hmm. And even when we outsiders try to help, sometimes we say the wrong thing. You know, we say, you know, very over-spiritualized things to try to like um, help. But really in those times, uh, if you're out there, you're like, gosh, I know someone who's going through something like that now. You just need to be present. Mm-hmm. Being present and available to assist in the small things so that they they can work through the big things. You don't need to fix it for them either. Don't try because really whatever you say, they're going to be like, well, that wasn't helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you being present, um, being there to you know, help with the three-year-old, um, being there to sit with you and laugh with you, um, being there to help with the meal when it was hard to get it together and make a meal and take care of yourselves. Those are the essential things that you um, can do to help someone. You know, as you were talking and we were saying, um, you know, people were telling us that things are, things fall apart after you go through a hard thing. I think, wow, there's this temptation, right? Like, I don't know that we often realize um, how important it was for you to declare, like, this is who we are. This is the vow we made. And this is where we're going to stand because you were getting invitations and not purposeful. I don't think anyone was right. trying to sabotage your marriage. Um, but, you know, they were trying to warn you like, right. oh, this could happen mm-hmm. and kind of right. worst case scenario. And yet it absolutely can plant a seed of, well, uh, this is an option when it gets hard um, and I don't want to do it. Well, 80% of couples don't make it. So it's not like this would be unexpected. Right. Um, and so talk about talk about those words that came in and and really like did did you feel an invitation to like say, you know, we're done? Or was your declaration the thing that stood the test of time? Well, I mean, so you you say 80%, and that makes me it's flabbergasted. I, I mean my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I want to check this, like the data. <laughs> For uh, real. Yeah. Like, I, that's, wild. you know, and, and the other thing is, isn't social media the worst? Such a, <laughs> such a killer because yeah. A, you can see one side of, let's just call it divorce or, or people splitting up or all right. the, all the bad. But you know what? More often than not, social media is, hey, we split up and look how great things are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I, I don't buy it for a second. Mm. I, I think it's all garbage. I'll, I'll say it now. I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, I... <laughs> Yeah, I'm so the, stumbling over my words. Yeah, Go ahead. But the, the original, like, no divorce, divorce isn't an option. I think hearing, hearing and seeing people go through that Maybe we're just stubborn, but it makes it makes <laughs> yes. me want to work it out even more because I don't think you can just avoid it all. Right. And I'm not suggesting that people who get a divorce don't have legitimate reasons. Sure. Right. Because it's hard. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it might feel like it'd be easier yeah. to just be like cut and run. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But you're not going to get to the place that 
that we're at now or that you and Ruben are at now without going through that together. Right. And if you go to someone else and you're still not whole, you're just going to not be whole with that person the way that you're not whole with the person you're with. All the things that made it hard in your marriage, one, are all the things, unless you've gone through extensive periods of healing programs Mm -hmm. and introspection and reflection and like we often still carry those things if we were avoidant to deal with them in marriage one Mm -hmm. then they very likely are still with us to some degree in these other relationships i i was reading i know pastor sean uh at life church says this quite a bit um you know why would i want to start over with someone else like right and i think (laughs) six years in plus years of friendship that you had invested um you knew what you had in each other and mm-hmm. what there was to navigate. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think, you know, sometimes we think, well, I'll just like jump over to this ship or this island and, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, right. but you just brought your dirt with you. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so... Um, or it's AstroTurf and it's all fake. Yeah. <laughs> it's just social media. And a, yeah. new, a new vow means a new commitment to be vulnerable and transparent yeah. mm-hmm. and naked and unashamed, right? right. And when we say yeah. naked and unashamed, I know like some people think immediately physically, but right. <laughs> it is emotionally and mentally and spiritually. Like, can I lay out all of these things that are not well in me? And is that what you're vowing to have and to hold? And often we can feel like, well, I didn't know this person was carrying all these things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't know ourselves because we haven't learned how to um, be emotionally intelligent. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our EQ um, isn't very high because it wasn't something that our parents or the generations before really had a full knowledge of. Mm -hmm. We're definitely in a unique time now. So I feel like even... Like now in this time, we are more equipped than ever <laughs> to really be able to work through and build a solid foundation um, around, like you said, these hard times. And I love that you said that. Like you don't, you absolutely don't get to the 20, oh gosh, I think we're going in 28 <laughs> year mark. I got to do the math. Uh, uh, or the 17 year mark um, yeah. without going through these hard things. And you definitely don't get there um, well. With the kind of right. uh, relationship that you see and the interaction and the confidence and um, the assuredness and, and, and the rest that marriage can bring mm-hmm. without these hard things. And so none of us want them. I'm sure you're listening and thinking, I don't know if I can make it through. I think we all have those things where we're like, I don't know if I can make it through. But what marriage brings us is a partner mm-hmm. to walk through it with. Yeah. And so... It's literally, you don't have to walk it through alone. And uh, when there are these losses, these deaths, the thing that says, is this it? Is this the end of the line or not? Um, I think we have to remember that, you know, we have a person here who is with us and for us, who had a dream uh, in the beginning, you know, that we both saw together and we Mm -hmm. believed in. And are we still looking to that dream together, even when it seems like, okay, this one didn't work out. Do we still have a dream that we're pursuing and chasing after together? And so Mm -hmm. how would you say that has uh, changed how you see the future, especially in the context of, I just think of the the trauma, right, that you experienced 
and, and Kylie, which is your oldest, mm-hmm. that you're young, youngers, right? Like yeah. they don't know about any of this. And yet you, you three carry this. And so they're aware of it. And so how does that interaction look? How do you approach that um, in terms of your future and your future with these two bright little littles? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the fact that the two of us hit, let's just call it rock bottom together and continued to dig out and move forward going from that place I think not only gives each of us encouragement, but also our our kids. Yeah. So the fact that we hit a rough patch or had a a hard season, the fact that we continue to inch our way forward, you know, sometimes it's big steps forward. Yeah. Sometimes it's just inching our way forward. My thing has always been as long as I'm going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if it's big steps or small yeah. Yeah. steps. Absolutely. Yeah, the littles know about Layla because we celebrate her and we have this open dialogue. And right. I think it's, you know, with Journey to Wholeness, I'm like, oh, have I have I done it wrong? Did I ruin my <laughs> littles because I told them this? But yeah. I mean, even with the miscarriage, we ended up naming him Teddy. And so even when we sit down for dinner or we talk about how many kids we have, you know, the littles talk about like, how old would Teddy be? And we have seven people in our family and like Layla and Teddy are like common names in our house. Yeah. And uh, if we're at the store and they hear Teddy, they'll be like, oh, that's, you know, that's the baby that we didn't have or whatever. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but for our family, it seems like it's to working. Right. And, yeah. right. you know, for Brian and I, we've been super intentional. You know, we were, when we had Layla with Kylie too, about like wanting her to come to the hospital and having these big conversations with the kids. And we still have those conversations with the, with the littles who aren't really that little anymore. I mean, (laughs) nine and six, like they're getting to the point of, you know, asking more questions and they're real people. Yeah. They're real real kids. I mean, Finley, Finley played basketball with Brian yesterday and he was like, Hey bro. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're six. Like he's a six year old little guy, but, um, you know, just having that open dialogue, I feel like is helpful for them to to see me crying yeah. um, when we lost Teddy and had a family meeting and, you know, sat around the the living room and cried about it. Like, that's okay. I mean, I know this is going to sound really silly, but so we got a Tamagotchi. Oh, okay. Do you remember Tamagotchis? <laughs> yes. so she got a Tamagotchi for her birthday. She woke up actually this morning in tears um, because her Tamagotchi reset. Her oh. Tamagotchi was seven yeah. and it reset. And I just gave her a big hug and I said, it's okay to cry. Right. I said, you can be sad because she was caring for this yes. Tamagotchi. Yes. Yes. Like oh it was God. a big deal for her. I know. Okay. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> I, put either of these and things I know together. How, <laughs> I know how silly it sounds, but when I, when I was hugging her and holding her this morning and letting her cry... I found myself saying, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. It's okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Did oh my I need goodness. to hear? Like I'm I'm processing that with her right. in saying, it's not your fault. Right. It's okay to cry. You can be sad. Yeah. You yeah. didn't do anything wrong. All these things yeah. wow. that I've had to learn. 
and be okay with and that acknowledge that I can now, it's a Tamagotchi, yeah. like, let's be yeah. honest. It's not and a yeah, big deal, but for her. The groundwork for, I love that you have named it for them because too often there are things that I think people come into Journey Wholeness and they don't know about their family. Like when we're mm-hmm. doing our family tree, you know, and they're like, I have no, no idea what happened with grandma, but something happened because we could all sense it. We could all yeah. feel it. We saw it and how she interacted. We saw it, how she isolated herself. We saw, you know, like there's just different things that indicate to us that there was some trauma that mm-hmm. has remained unnamed and maybe unprocessed and, and unworked through. And and yet it still affects the people in our families the people around us, the generations to come, even mm-hmm. though they weren't a part of that. And so I love that, one, that you're naming that for them, that this is what happened to our family. And so this is this explains sometimes why mom's sad or dad gets quiet or, yeah. or you know, this explains some of the things that may be triggering. And so now I'm not filling in a narrative around that because often as children, we'll fill in a narrative if we don't know what the narrative is. But you're also laying like the the blocks, the path for her to learn. Yes, it's with the Tamagotchi, but it may be with a pet or with, you know, a, a toy that they, they just loved and teaching them how to know what their grieving style is, yeah. what it is they need to do to release that and, and resolve that and how to communicate that with another person are just priceless gifts that um, actually inviting them into um, is paving the way for healing and wholeness in them as well. Yeah. I hope so. I hope we didn't screw them up. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, there'll be a journey to wholeness parenting. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, please. Yeah. Oh my that's God. what we need. I yeah. mean, that's a whole different episode to talk about it how is. this has affected, I mean, the, the, like Kylie and the rest of our family and all yeah. of the things. Yeah. There's so I, much more there, but. Uh, in the works, in the works. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to close here in a second, but is there anything that you would say to other couples who are facing you know, if not the loss of a child, but like they're facing just a disappointment or a loss of something in their marriage that they're having to work through right now. What would be your uh, advice to them uh, to get to the other side of that? Um, Do it together. Yeah. Give it a chance. Because like separately from, from the Layla story, when we went through Journey to Wholeness the first time, mm-hmm. I'll give the the, the quick uh, version. <laughs> I did it because Nancy said we needed to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I was <laughs> fixing him, and yeah. so I was okay. like, come on. <laughs> she said we need to do this. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to, and I said, okay, fine. I gave it a chance. Now, when I was in class, I didn't really... Uh, speak up. I didn't do anything. I didn't really do the homework. I just sat there, kind of walked out the steps and said, okay, great. But then I noticed how big of an impact it had on Nancy. And going through the second time, I gave it a chance. And I kind of bought into it and followed through on it. And I, I think if you and your spouse can give it a chance... Whether it's journey to wholeness or, or something else, I mean, like, do it together, yeah. like you said, but give give it a chance. Like, put it put in some effort yeah. into it. I mean, I, I gave almost no effort the first time around. Into, are you talking about putting effort into journey to wholeness? Well, in this scenario, yeah. Yeah. but in in general, into the I'm, yeah. I'm saying of pursuing some something okay. to yeah. get better. Yeah, just. 
give it, give it some yeah. percentage. Go to the counseling. <laughs> go yeah. to right. journey. Go. And it take. And I think. I think. I think it could be easy for people to see something that gets hard, and then be like, "Ugh, it's too hard." Right. Okay. We we felt that. Yeah. We felt that in 2011 mm-hmm. yeah. and in 2013 and 15. Like right. there there are things that we look at each other and go like, oh my gosh. Like yeah. we've been, and I think that's where that 10 year thing comes in for, for me. Yes. That was a huge, that was a huge mile marker for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we celebrated it and we were like 10 years, dang it. Yeah. Like we, we did, did 10 it. years and we felt like <laughs> it's going to get easier now because we, did 10 years of this, you know? And I think it's a little bit naive yeah. to think that there aren't going to ever be yeah. struggles after after you hit 10 and yet, years. In a lot of ways but, it did because I yeah. feel like you were willing to put the work in and, exactly. and give it a yeah. chance. And it's like, we're, we're 10 years in. Uh, yeah. Let's just give it a chance. And if that's yeah. not you out there and you're only five years, it's five years mm-hmm. or two years. Like it's yeah. still two, two months. An investment I mean, like, of time. let's be real, though, right? right? Yeah. I mean, it's worth the work. It's worth the it's work. It's worth the work. Right. It's worth the work. The, like marriage, journey to wholeness, everything. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For sure. Well, I just want to close with a scripture to encourage all of you. Um, and it's in 2 Corinthians 4 17 and 18. Um, and it says, for this light momentary affliction, and I know what you're going through may feel heavy and dark and the darkest that you've ever faced. Um, but this is God's promise to us that this is a light momentary affliction that is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen and are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. And that's the goal that you're headed for. Um, Till death do us part is this promise of this weight of glory that God has for us, not only um, when he comes, but also when his kingdom comes to earth in the moments that we get to experience in marriage. Uh, I've said this before, that there are moments in marriage that are literal his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I want you to hang on and keep pressing forward so that you experience those as well. Well, thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Brian, for being here today. Thanks I loved having us. you. And thank you for sharing your story with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us for our relationship series. Do you have a question you'd like us to address on the podcast? Email us at becky at j2wholeness.org, the letter J, the number two, wholeness.org. Please rate, review, and share this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at j2 underscore wholeness. The Whole Podcast is a production of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to equip you to face life's challenges. For more information about online resources, in-person groups, intensives, and retreats, visit our website at j2wholeness.org, the letter J, the number two, wholeness.org. Dot org.